listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16, another podcast in isolation. But uh, you know what? As you're passing the time, we got a great featured guest chat on today's podcast. It's Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. Yeah, grab a grab a couple of original 16s and uh, kick back for this one. We had uh, WHL champion and uh, maybe one of the more popular players in Broncos history, goaltender Stuart Skinner, joined us uh, from his uh, his place in Red Deer. Uh, a 50 minute interview we went with uh, Stuart. It just it just flowed so well. He's such a well thought out and well spoken guy, and that was uh, an awesome interview and basically covered uh, everything that he's gone through ever since he was drafted in the first round of the Western League. Yeah, a great chat with Stuart Skinner coming up in uh, as a media guy. One of the things that I always liked about Stu was just, uh, and taking enough, nothing away from talking to anyone else, but Stu is never a cliche answer guy. He'll take a second, he'll think about it, and just a great guy to have a conversation with uh, on air or off air, so to speak. And we were fortunate enough to, to get a good chunk of, of his day and have him share his, uh, his hockey memories in Swift Current and uh, some great stories with Stuart Skinner. That, of course, a, uh, a key member of the Broncos' past, and uh, you managed to catch up with a few guys that are hopefully going to be a key part of the future of things. Yeah, one guy from just down the road, uh, Nolan Stevenson, obviously a Shonovan product, uh, played Bantam here two seasons ago, was at Notre Dame this past year, and then also uh, Tyson Yaremko, who uh, was the 88th overall pick this year, and uh, Broncos fans will get a chance to see him right away because uh, he's actually going to play for... Uh, the Swift Current Legionnaires next season. Yeah, awesome that uh, Tyson Yaremko committed to the Swift Current Home Hardware Legionnaire program. So we'll get a good look at him this uh, this upcoming season, if and if and when they drop the puck here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. Hopefully, it's just an issue of when. And Nolan Stevenson out of Shaunavan, uh, practically a local kid, and uh, nice to have someone from from so close to home as part of the Bronco family. Yeah, and his dad uh, was a member of the Broncos family. His dad, Travis, played for the team uh, briefly back in the day, so he's got uh, Western League experience under his belt as well and uh, hopefully uh, Nolan is the next Stevenson to uh, throw on a Broncos jersey. Also on the uh, Broncos This Week podcast, uh, we had that jersey auction with proceeds benefiting a night out for frontline healthcare workers, and uh, and that went extremely well. Uh, the cost was covered for a couple of nights in the uh, Bronco suite, and and coming up next week, another opportunity for Bronco fans to to bid on rare pieces of Bronco memorabilia. Yeah, over over thirteen hundred dollars raised uh, with those first three jersey auctions that uh, that the, the team had up there. So thanks to everyone who uh, who helped raise the money for those uh, frontline workers who. Are we're going to enjoy a night in the Broncos suite uh, next season. So big thanks for that. And like Swite said, we're going to do another round of jersey auctions coming up soon. So make sure you stay tuned uh, to see which jerseys are up for auction and uh, maybe get a chance to to own one of those uh, unique jerseys and also, of course, uh, support frontline healthcare workers uh, next season. Right on. And, uh, you know, some big news. You're the guy who writes all the media releases and uh, you've been busy lately with a couple of key signings too. Yeah, yeah it's been fun. It's been good news uh, the last couple of days. Uh, this is uh, Wednesday we're recording this and then We've had three signings over the past five days with Brady Burney, the Broncos' first-round pick in this year's draft, uh, signing his uh, standard player agreement. And then on Monday, it was Josh Philman, who was 67th overall last year, uh, signing with the Broncos. And now, just earlier today, we had uh, Ryland Gould, who was drafted 42nd overall, signing his SBA with the team. So it's been a lot of good news here for the Broncos over the past week or so. Uh, Dean Brockman's uh, not taking any time off uh, this time of year, I'll tell you that much. He's he's putting in the work and uh, helping this team get better every single day. So Exciting news over the past week, and uh, hopefully we'll just see more and more. Hopefully the good news keeps right on coming. All right, coming up in just a moment, we'll uh, have our prospect chats, Tyson Uremko and Nolan Stevenson, and stick around for our featured guest, Stuart Skinner. This is the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. It's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. Will we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos? Joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos fourth round pick in the 2020 WHL Bantam Draft, 67th overall from Shaunavan, Saskatchewan. Nolan Stevenson joins me on the phone. Nolan, uh, huge congratulations to you. Uh, I'm I'm guessing here, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of of possibility for me to assume that you were a Broncos fan growing up. So, uh, what was that moment like for you to see your name pop up on the screen? Yeah, uh, I was watching on my TV, and as we got into uh, later third round into the fourth round, uh, I knew uh, 
that maybe my time was going to come. And I saw my name come up by Swifter and Broncos, and I was ecstatic. Uh, I grew up watching them, grew up going to games, uh, and it was awesome. Who were you? Uh, who were you watching there with? Are you kind of at home with your family, type of thing? Uh, yeah. So my sisters here, and both my parents, and then I called all my uncles and grandparents after. Uh, there must be it must be so much happiness going around in the Stevenson household right now. It's it's probably almost uh, a surreal feeling knowing that uh, you know you could play for that team that you watched growing up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, played some some of my minor hockey there, uh, wearing the Broncos jersey, and uh, I'm happy I can get back into the blue and green maybe one day. Yeah, and, and I know uh, this past year you weren't, uh, you were at Notre Dame uh, in Wilcox, so uh, just kind of wondering how the transition was for you, uh, sort of, I'm guessing that was the first time you really moved away from home uh, to play at Notre Dame. Yeah, so it was a long process decision, and we got into it probably about a year ago today, probably, I'm not sure what the exact date was, but uh, we just felt best it would be, or we felt that it would be best to just move away and uh, do it, do it young. Yeah, and, and how did you feel about your season? I mean, twenty-one points in uh, in thirty games uh, with the Hounds this year from the back end. Uh, how did you feel your uh, twenty nineteen twenty season went? Yeah, it was good. I got a really good opportunity there, and uh, I felt I made most of it. So, uh, a couple of years down the road here, uh, you're hopefully wearing a Broncos jersey. Uh, what type of role are, are you hoping to be able to play uh, in the Western League with the Broncos? Uh. Obviously, the, maybe my rookie year uh, will be more of a learning process, develop, get up to the get up to speed of the Western League, and then as I grow into the league, uh, I hope to be a defensive contributor for the Broncos. How many uh, How many family and friends do you think you're going to have in the stands every single night for home games? Oh, uh, my dad will be there every game. I'm I'm sure of that, and then. My grandparents will probably be there for most, and I'm sure lots of friends will make an appearance once in a while. Nolan, uh, this was awesome. Uh, huge congratulations to you. Uh, I'm sure you'd like to go and uh, share this with your family. So thanks for taking my call here, and congratulations once again. Thank you. Joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos, fourth-round pick, 68th overall in the 2020 WHL Bantam Draft. We have Tyson Yeremko on the phone joining us now. Uh, Tyson, uh, the newest member of the Swift Current Broncos, uh, got to ask uh, how you felt when you saw your name pop up on the screen there. Uh, you know, it's kind of a dream to play in the WHL, so it was just really surreal there. Who, it was uh, just a really happy moment. Yeah, and then who were you, uh, who were you watching with? Are you kind of at home with family? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was upstairs with my mom. Well, I was actually downstairs. I came upstairs. I was like, Mom, look at the draft. I just got drafted by Swift Current. And it was just a really happy moment for us. And a heck of a season for you. I mean, 39 goals and 37 assists in 31 games. Uh, how would you describe your style of play? Uh, I'm a very two-way player, and I can just see the ice. And uh, I'm usually in front, like, digging for the garbage goals and putting them in the net. Might be a bit of a tough question, but is there kind of a, an NHL player that uh, you think you sort of want to style your game after? Uh, Matthew Tuchuk. He's like a really tough player in front, and he can just handle his own business and also bury goals and get points. Now, looking at uh, your team as a whole, the, the Saskatoon Stallions, uh, you guys finished first in the North Division standings this year. You had a lot of high-end scores on your team. Uh, what was the confidence level like within your group uh, this year, do you think? Oh, well, it was really high. Like, we had a really good, talented team. Like, you don't find that good of a team usually, and it ended bad with Corona and everything. So, there's a very high-confidence team, and we all had it there. Now, your your future uh, potentially as a Western Hockey League player with the Swift Current Broncos, uh, what kind of role do you think you'd like to play uh, here in Swift Current? Um, I'd probably be a good goal scorer, just play that role. Just bury the pucks in front and be a little like a uh, tough player in front. Now, what are your, what are your plans for next year? Obviously you're uh, going to make the jump to, to the midget level. Any, any plans on uh, where you're hoping to play next year? I am actually playing for the Swift Current Legionnaires. <laughs> well, how about that? That's pretty cool. Uh, well, hey, uh, Tyson, I appreciate you taking my call here. Uh, congratulations on the draft, and uh, I guess we'll be seeing you a lot around town. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos.
On the telephone with Stuart Skinner, member of the 2018 Western Hockey League champion Swift Current Bronco team, uh, enjoying the COVID-19 isolation in beautiful Red Deer. How's things going today, Stu? Things are going well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, pleasure having you. Thanks so much for taking our call. It was uh, it was this week in history actually that the uh, the Swift Current Broncos series against the Everett Silvertips was just uh, getting rolling the league championship series, and that's one that I'm sure that you have some fond memories of, eh? Absolutely. I uh, I don't know. Obviously, Everett was a great team meeting them in the finals. It was a pretty nerve wracking series, but also a very exciting one getting to travel to US and back to Swift Current and a couple big uh couple big games especially that second one I saw the highlights on Instagram the other day it was, uh, it was a huge game for us <laughs> being able to win that second one yeah and uh you know what do you remember about that game too because uh it was a tough start but uh but you managed to lock her down after that eh yeah that's kind of that's kind of what I remember I remember after the game uh Joel Holfer was talking to me and he was saying uh how he's uh He's seen worse starts, but after a bad start like that, it, uh, sometimes it's tough to have a little bit bounce back periods in the second and third. And, um, I was able to manage and I just remember that, uh, that big save in the third period. And that was one, uh, I, I owed that to the team. I was talking to a couple of my buddies about it. I, I owed them that save because of the first couple of goals I led. And so it was, uh, it's funny to look back on those days. Well, before we take a closer look at the final, I kind of wanted to go back to when you first entered the Western League. You're a first-round pick of the Hurricanes, of course, and from 2010 to 2020, there was only 10 goalies who were drafted in the first round. So heading into that 2013 draft day, did you think you might go in the first round? Yeah, I had an idea. I um, I actually already had an agent at the time, so uh, he was talking to me and he was telling me that I'll probably be in the kind of top uh, – I'll be in the first round. I'll be the first goalie going for sure. And then, um, yeah, we were just kind of waiting patiently, watching the video on uh, on my dad's computer. And there's me, uh, my dad, my brother Sheldon, <clears throat> and I got to stay uh, stay home from school that day, which was the highlight for me. <laughs> but uh, got to watch it. And then I got drafted by uh, Lethbridge made a trade, and then they drafted me, and I was I was super excited, super stoked, and um, yeah, the. It's just a fantastic memory, and uh, thinking about being able to play in the Western Hockey League was a dream of mine, obviously, growing up when I was playing Bantam and Midget, so it was a very exciting time. Yeah, did did you have any idea where you were going to go? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. Uh, I was kind of just watching it. And, uh, there, there's a few ideas of kind of who wanted me, and, um, you know, obviously in Bantam, the interviews are off the phone, so you kind of just go off the interviews on the phone of, which one felt the best and all that. But, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I thought I was, um, I didn't really know where I was going to go, which is kind of the more exciting part of, of it all. It's kind of more of a surprise. So it was pretty cool. You made that jump full-time to the Western League at 16, and you basically became the Hurricane starter right away. You played 43 games in your rookie season. Did you, you know, experience any growing pains in that first year, or did it feel kind of natural to make that jump for yourself? Definitely uh, growing pains uh, at the very beginning. I remember also before I jumped as a 16-year-old, I played uh, four games as a 15-year-old, and those games didn't go very well for me. I think I went 12, 12 goals in two games, and it was kind of just a big struggle. And then going into a 16-year-old, uh, I was kind of you know thinking I was going to be a backup and all that. And then as a backup, I was playing you know every second game, and then. <clears throat> Uh, the very the, the very beginning, I was struggling as well, especially against Medicine Hat. Uh, obviously, as a rivalry, and um, just kind of you know letting a few goals against those guys, and just kind of a tough tough uh, first half of the year. And then things started to change for me after my first win against Calgary, uh, which I remember it was at home, and it was a huge game. We won in a shootout, and then after that, I kind of you know regained my confidence. I think especially as a 16 year old, you're kind of, you're still young and there's some uh, maturity uh, game there. So uh, just as a young guy, I was just looking for that game uh, where I could find my confidence. Once I found it, I thought that's when I kind of started rolling and I started feeling better about myself. And then I just started to play better. And then my, uh, I remember the one thing my coach said, Drake Berhowski um, at the time, he said, if you start, if you're the hardest working goalie in practice, I'll start playing you no matter what the results are. So that's kind of 
that's kind of what kicks me in the butt and saying, you know, it's time to start putting the work boots on and get going. And once I did that, he uh, trusted me and I started to play more. And that and that's big. Uh, you know, our guest last week on this podcast was Giorgio. And, uh, you know, he talked about the two of you guys growing up together within that Hurricanes organization as as kind of the, the faces and the poster boys for them during that rebuild. Uh, you know, what, what do you remember about, you know, life at the rink during that time and life away from the rink? Because, I mean, it, it must have been a lot of pressure on, on you and Giorgio at the time, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's funny that uh, you're talking about Giorgio. Yeah, we kind of grew up playing with each other. Um, until uh until pro so uh we played south side uh a lot of club and Edmonton all all together we played SWAT together when we were even younger and, and then um we both got drafted to uh to uh Lethbridge and it was super super exciting I basically followed him my whole career so once he got drafted the next year I got drafted to Lethbridge and it was kind of funny and we still talk about it and how um how cool it was that we were able to play with each other and uh, you know, him and I going through that and, you know, being from Edmonton, playing in Edmonton, and then obviously um, playing in Lethbridge together. There are pressures, but I don't think it was, uh, we felt it too much, especially at a young age. You're kind of just playing uh, playing hockey and just trying to do your best. I think the only pressure was just trying to perform our best, uh, you know, kind of put our names out there in the Western Hockey League. So, um, you know, away from the rink, Georgia and I would hang out. Uh, he made me uh, a couple salmon dinners a few times, which was uh, very nice of him. But, yeah, we just kind of had fun. We just enjoyed Lethbridge living. It's obviously nicer weather than uh, Edmonton. So we, we enjoyed the sun away from the rink. But besides that, yeah, not a, not a ton of pressure. I think we just uh, had a lot of fun being able to play with each other and being able to play in, uh, in Lethbridge. In both your 16 and 17 year old years with Lethbridge, you played for Canada at U17s and U18s. Uh, what were your international experiences like? Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. I, I always think of those as uh, very high high on my uh, on my list of achievements. I think playing for Team Canada is an extreme honor and an extreme privilege, and I had a lot of fun with them. Um, those were the most nerve wracking tournaments I've played in. Um, you know, besides playing in the Western Hockey League, the first uh, few games are obviously extremely nervous because, you know, it's a dream come true. And then once I got the call to play for Team Canada, it's, you know, another step and you're playing against uh, guys that are the best at your age. And it was uh, very nerve wracking. And I uh, I kind of went in as a young guy and just thinking just to have a ton of fun with it, be myself and, you know, just enjoy myself. And I thought for uh, the most part, I did pretty well, um, good experiences. And I think those experiences helped me, uh, lead to where I am today because those were kind of the first experiences you get to play against a very large crowd of people and you kind of get to see what the, you know, the top guys your age are doing and how, how they're shooting the puck, how they're playing. And, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun and a lot of learning for me, uh, you know, growing up as well. So it was a great experience. Yeah, and uh, your last full season in Lethbridge, you guys, uh, you had a pretty deep playoff run. You ended up going to the uh, conference finals, uh, taking on Regina. You, you know, what do you remember about uh, about your first deep postseason run in uh, in Major Junior? Yeah, my first, the first deep one, well, yeah, the first deep one was that third year. Um, it's kind of funny, all my playoffs, uh, I've always lost to Regina. Uh, on, in game six, whatever round it was. So my second year, it was the first round we played against them, and it was the sixth game. And then in the conference finals with those guys, um, and we lost to them in game six that third year. Uh, finally got a beat when I was with Swifty that first round, uh, which was Giorgio and I hooked after the game, and we said, finally, we beat Regina Pats. <laughs> but um, I think uh, big things that I – I think all that experience from – those playoffs helped me a lot with how I um, deal with pressures, you know, whether that's just a game or whether that's the playoffs. And I think that's what helped me and Giorgio a lot going to Swifty and wanting to go for a big long run. So um, I, I've had a lot of fun with playoffs there. You know, it's the best hockey obviously being played and you're just, you know, you're living the dream when you're in playoffs, you're having so much fun. All you're thinking about is hockey you know, you're practicing with that kind of uh, preparation and you're just, it's just so much fun. And, I remember that third year uh, with Lethbridge, we went on a deep run. And the big thing I remember is game two uh, overtime against uh, Medicine Hat, actually. And 
Tyler Wong made a absolute beautiful shot uh, and scored, and we were just jumping and laughing, and we were we were going crazy after that win, and just thinking we're you know we're going to uh, the conference finals, and it's just like you know it's it's what you've been playing that whole time for, and that's what the the suffering was for. That's what the grind is for. And, it was just uh, it was a lot of fun being able to you know go uh, go play against those series and you know we had a lot of fun even though that we came short um, we had a lot of fun and that was uh, that was a great year for us in Lethbridge. Before we get to seventeen eighteen uh, regular season of playoffs combined in sixteen seventeen you played eighty games like was there ever a point where you were just exhausted or does winning just make it so much easier to to go through day to day? I yeah I didn't really think about how many. Uh, games I was playing or anything like that I just you know all I was thinking is that I want to play the next game I want to play the next game I want to play the next game um, you know I, I only heard how many games I played after the fact all that was done and you know it is a lot of games and but you know you don't really feel that fatigue I think that some days obviously you're more tired than others but I think that you know energy is always um, is always something that can be gained you know you can never really lose too much energy where you got nothing left in the tank so i'm uh i was just having a lot of fun and i just really enjoyed um all those moments and i think the fun and the laughter and the um, just the good times with that kind of gives you more energy of wanting to play for the guys wanting to play for the group that's uh in front of you and and obviously we had a goal in mind and we had uh you know commitments laid out of uh, what we wanted to do and um, where we wanted to be at the end of the day and i think that you know, motivates you uh, when you think back on it or you're having a tough day. You just think about, you know, where you do want to be and, you know, where you, uh, what your team's vision is. And I think, um, you know, just thinking about those things and really focusing on that, uh, no matter how tired you are, you still have a goal in hand. And I think that gives you uh, the energy needed. So being a late 98 birth year, you were eligible for the 2017 draft. It looks like you finished fifth in the North American goalie rankings heading into the NHL draft. So uh, what was that day like for you? I mean, did you have any idea where you were going to go at all? Yeah, I had uh, I had no idea. Um, no idea at all. I was uh, kind of same thing with the WHL draft, just patiently waiting. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to go with my family, uh, over to Chicago and we had a great time there. Uh, you know, we had so much fun by the pier and we, uh, just, yeah, we were, we would walk all over Chicago and it was, uh, such a beautiful time in the summer. And, um, yeah, when the day came, we were super excited, not really knowing where to go. And it was kind of the same thing as the WHL, but the meetings were obviously face to face. So you're kind of just thinking, you know, what, what meetings went well, what meetings didn't go well. So, you know, I was just thinking about a few teams that kind of came to mind of, you know, what meetings went well and obviously not. And uh, you just kind of go off that. But, yeah, we were just kind of patiently waiting. And uh, and then my name got called by Edmonton Oilers, and I was honestly shocked at first. I kind of – I looked at my uh, my fiancé now, Chloe, and uh, I just looked at her, and we both kind of stared at each other for about three seconds. We were like, Is this, did this actually happen? And Super exciting moment, and then um, obviously I jumped out of my chair, hugged my family, went down there, and I got to got to see the jersey and put it on for the first time. And and when that happened, I kind of just got shivers all down my body, uh, down my spine, and it was just a super exciting moment because obviously being from Edmonton, you watch them in Rexall Place your whole life, and then they draft you, and um, you know it was just such a such a great day. Was, uh, I'm very blessed that um, Edmonton Oilers picked me out of that draft. That was uh, uh, a special day that I'll I'll never forget. That's uh, that's huge, and and it's awesome that you got to be there with with everyone that uh, that you care about. Um, you know, fast forwarding after that, you know, you're uh, it's it's approaching the trade deadline in uh, in 2010. And, uh, you know, there's that blockbuster deal with, uh, with the Swift Current Broncos that brought you here. Uh, you know, we talked to Giorgio about it last week, and, you know, he talked about how he had some pretty rough outings in Swift and then was shocked to be traded to here. You know what? I'll ask you this. What do you remember about playing in Swift Current before you were a member of the Swift Current Broncos? Yeah, I, well, I remember good games and bad games. <laughs> Obviously, my... I remember having some good games where I played really well, and then I remember uh, you know Jake DeBrusque sniping on me and Colby Sissons uh, getting a nice shot on me, and 
um, Tyler Steenberg and uh, shooting low glove on me or something like that. But then um, there's also those games where I remember of just, I, you know, I, the one thing that I do remember about uh, playing against Swift Current is I really did enjoy playing in the arena, even though it, was, it wasn't as big as like the, as uh, you know, Calgary or Edmonton or, you know, huge arenas around the league. But, you know, that that's what made, made it more fun is that it's, a smaller area where the fans are on top of you and the fans are so loud and so passionate. I, even when I was playing against Swift Current, I'd get shivers during the anthem and shivers during the game because every time they scored or we scored, you know, you would, you could hear everything coming out from the fans. So what I remember about playing against Swift Current was just how, uh, how much fun it was to play in there and how loud it was. We talked to Giorgio last week, like uh, Swite said, and, and he said he just could not believe that he had been traded at that deadline. And it almost sounded like he still can't believe that he was traded at that deadline. Was it kind of the same story for you when, when you were told you were involved in that trade? Yeah, pretty well. I uh, I remember kind of talking to a few a few people, um, you know, before the trade deadline, and there was some rumors going around. And I asked a few people that you know probably would have a good idea, and they were they would just say. No, there's absolutely no way you're getting traded. You're staring. You're gonna end your career as a Lusper Hurricane, and um, that was kind of what I was hearing. And uh, so I was talking to Giorgio. Like Giorgio and I would talk about it. We'd go for dinner um, because there was rumors going around, and um, you know it was a big shock to us. And we uh, we got the news one morning. I uh, I woke up in the morning and uh, I got a text from the coach. Uh, Brent Kissio and uh, Peter Anholt saying uh, we want you down at the arena um, before the rest of the guys get there. So I still didn't really know what it was about because I asked Giorgio if he got the text and he said yes. So I was like, maybe it's just like a leadership meeting. Like, I don't know what really is going on. And once we got there, um, you know, we, we got the news that we, uh, the three of us, Tanner Nagel, Giorgio and I got, uh, got traded to Swift Current and it was, um, you know, mixed emotions. Obviously you're excited because, um, you know, there's a new opportunity in front of you and you get to see, you get to, you know, begin friendships with, uh, with, with new guys uh, on a new team. And, uh, but there's also that, uh, those mixed emotions of, uh, you just spent the last three, three and a half years in Lethbridge. You have a billet family that you love. Um, you know, you're used to, how Lethbridge works hockey wise and also just like off the ice. So there's definitely tough news to hear, but it was also exciting. news. Um, and, uh, I think the toughest part was just leaving my billet family and, uh, leaving my, my girlfriend, um, behind and also leaving my, uh, you know, my good friends that I created in, uh, in, in Lethbridge, you know, saying goodbye to the guys was at the rink right after it happened. It was one of the toughest moments because they started to roll in when we were walking out. So hugging everybody, there was a few few tears, and it was just uh, very quiet, and uh, it, it was a sad moment, but also very exciting because we get to pack up and drive over to Swift Current, and when that happened, got to meet a new Billet family who I love and new friends that I that I will cherish for the rest of my life. So it was uh, it was a be- it was a beautiful thing that happened to us, and obviously from that happening we got to win a championship which you know I'll, I'll never complain about <laughs> yeah and, and your first game in a broncos jersey a 29 save shutout in prince albert the next night you guys blow edmonton out of the water 9-1 at home so it must have made it that much easier to just kind of transition into a team that was uh, just a juggernaut immediately absolutely yeah i remember kind of the first game i didn't really know what the routine was with the team like for meetings and kind of time i had and all that stuff and I just remember playing uh, sewer ball with the guys. They were all nice to me at the time because I was new, so they won't. They weren't. Uh, they weren't giving me a hard time with the game. But yeah, I just remember having a lot of fun with the guys and getting to know the guys more. And then playing that first game, being able to get a shutout. Um, you know, that was kind of that was just kind of night. Obviously, really nice to have because it was my first shutout in a little bit. It gave me a little bit more confidence too that you know that this is the right move and that this uh, you know we're going to be able to do something special this year. Uh, obviously, because the team uh, was fantastic and great defensively. Obviously, because I got that shutout that day. And, um, obviously, we got a we scored nine times against Edmonton in the second game. So I uh, you kind of know right away that there's something special about this team and that you know the guys are clicking and that we had a lot of chemistry going on. And, 
um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a beginning, a start, uh, with a new team that you would want. <laughs> yeah, that, that was huge. And, uh, you, you know, to this day, when you walk around the Iplex on game day, uh, I, I think Skinner 74 is still like the most commonly seen customized Jersey that fans wear. So you certainly made your mark here in the short time that you were here. You know, what, what do you remember about, you know, the Swift Current experience, uh, off the ice? Yeah, off ice, I remember uh, a lot of experiences of us actually uh, playing a little basketball and uh, playing some uh, some mini games in the chapel uh, that we had there. Um, and I, uh, th- those are kind of the best memories of us having. And I remember us just hanging out with each other and being able to go to Steeners and Colby's and playing some video games or you know, hanging out with Joel Hofer or anything like that, just hanging out with the guys. Because Swiss Current is obviously a smaller town, so you got to hang out with the guys a lot more. So I would hang out with, you know, basically everybody. Everybody's hanging out with everybody because, you know, we're so close to each other, uh, you know, living-wise. So, you know, you have a five-minute drive uh, to a buddy's house, and that was kind of the farthest drive. I think the farthest drive was 10 minutes. So it was super easy to get around and being with everybody and, you know, we had a, we had a lot of fun off the ice. We we had a we had a great time, and um, yeah, it was just so much fun. And also another thing that I remember that kind of just popped out of my mind is after we won the whole celebration with all the fans, and uh, you know that time where we got to show the show all the fans uh, outside the uh, the cup, and we all got to talk in front of them, and we all got to thank them for their support. I remember that as well because it just shows how close of a community Swift Current is. And it just shows uh, how passionate all the fans was. I think I feel like everybody was there <laughs> from uh, who, who lived there. So it was just just kind of that closeness of a community, um, and just how much fun we had. I think we had a lot of fun there. That's <laughs> that's great stuff and great memories. Uh, you know, in in what you were just saying there, that's the second time you've name dropped Joel Hofer. You know, with uh, with the success that uh, or the success that he's had recently, uh, you, you got to feel proud of that, and uh, and maybe feel like you had a bit of a hand in it too. <laughs> I know. I don't feel like I have a hand in it. No, no. I think he's been he's done that all all himself. I think I think he's a fantastic goalie, and I'm so so happy that he's. Um, uh, I'm so happy for his success. He's just one of the best guys that I know, and such a great goalie that I got to uh, you know play beside. So we we had a lot of fun um, playing in Swift Current and hanging out, and uh, we had a lot of laughs and. We also had a lot of learning with each other. We would always uh, we would always talk to each other about how how we can get better on the ice and also off the ice. And um, we had the both bo- same psychologist, and we just had a lot of things in common. So um, you know, I I, I kind of I took him under my wing a little bit, but not too much where I would say uh, I helped him in any way. But <laughs> I think uh, all of his success has to do with him and how much he's uh, he's worked for it and I know how hard he's worked for it uh you know I've seen him in practice and I've seen him play games and he's got a he's got a bright bright future ahead of him you mentioned beating Regina in round one uh, round two comes around a bit of a tough game one in Moose Jaw but Swites was uh, telling me this stat before we started talking to you you lose game one in Moose Jaw but then after that you put up shutouts in games two five and seven like were you just like this we're not we're not losing in this building again <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I remember talking to Gods after the series, and you were saying you got to shut out in this barn every game. And uh, <laughs> was, I actually didn't know that until after the series. So um, it was fun playing against those guys. It was a very skilled series. Obviously, they had they were kind of the team to beat uh, on paper wise, and obviously they made some big trades. Uh, they're a great team and a great battle against them. Uh, obviously, it went to Game Seven and. It was, uh, you know, went down to the last straw. We had uh, a few games that went to triple overtime, and it was just like, uh, it was crazy. Um, it was a lot of fun, though. Um, you know, what I remember about the, about that, uh, playing against Moose Jaw is actually when the Moose Jaw um, series was happening, the whole Humboldt bus um, happened. And it was a very, obviously, um, heartbreaking time for everybody in our dressing room. And the way that we came together and we played anyways, and, you know, we prayed before every game after that, uh, after that happened, we prayed before every single game and we were just so close together. 
you know, we're hugging each other all the time and we were there for each other with obviously this heartbreak that's happened to, uh, to, to the humble Broncos. And, um, that's kind of what I remember about it is everybody, even Moose Jaw and us coming together, going around the, the, in center ice and, uh, you know, being one by one, hugging each other, and just, you know, praying for, uh, humble Broncos and, um, yeah, how heartbreaking that was. And that's what I remember about that series. Cause you know, it was a series, not also physically, but also emotionally, uh, with all that going. So it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great series and we had a lot of fun and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a tough time. Yeah. And, you know, I remember you talked about the triple overtime games. There was one that, uh, that Matteo Gennaro scored the, the winner in triple overtime. And that must've just been an yeah. amazing moment to be on the ice for, you know, especially considering, you know, Matteo was one of the guys who was, who was really affected by that Humboldt tragedy. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, he was the right guy to have it. Um, he definitely uh, needed that goal, and uh, it was. Uh, we were so happy for him, and we remember after coming in the dressing room, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, jumping up; it was just hugs and uh, tears, and a lot of love in the dressing room. And um, obviously, before that happened, we we lost, and I think double overtime or triple overtime. I'm not too sure, but um, so it was nice to kind of get back at them and and uh, win that game in triple overtime, kind of give it back to them. So round three comes around, and, and when you guys find out you're playing Lethbridge, Giorgio said uh, last week that when, when you guys knew you were playing Lethbridge, he was just in his head saying, we cannot lose this series. I'm guessing it was probably the same for you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was basically the same. I was uh, I was more worried about losing. I was more worried about just like playing in front of those fans. Um, you know, obviously played against them for three and a half years. And, uh, you know, played with them, uh, with, with those teammates that I'm about to go head to head with. So I was, uh, I was more emotionally invested in it of, uh, you know, mentally just being, you know, this is crazy. I can't believe we're playing them. I can't believe I'm playing my, my brothers that I played with for three and a half years and playing in front of these fans. You know, I'm, I'm very, you know, curious about how it's going to be. And I remember the first game in there. Uh, you know, Giorgio, uh, Tanner, and I, we got a big clip on the board of us. But when the game started, everyone was booing us and everyone hated us. And it was just, uh, you know, one of, those, one of those series where it's, you know, mentally tough because you're, you're playing against, you know, people you've, you've lived beside and lived with and went to school with for three and a half years. So, um, it, you know, when, when I found out that we were playing against Lethbridge, I had kind of same thoughts of like, we cannot lose against these guys, but also like, this is going to be really weird playing against these guys. <laughs> and, you know, it, it must have been an incredible memory, you know, for you and Giorgio and, and Nags when, when you guys ended up getting that elusive conference championship win in Lethbridge. Uh, you know, what do you remember about the on-ice festivities after you guys wrapped it up in Game 6? Yeah, after Game 6, I remember us winning, and uh, Giorgio and I and Tanner, we all hugged each other. We were like, we finally one and we're finally going to the finals because we've obviously been in that position before but we lost in game six so it was um it was a it was just yeah such an exciting uh moment for all of us um i think taking that picture and you know being the team that is in Lethbridge, in center ice uh game six being able to take that picture in the in uh at center ice was just kind of a just a great way to go about it because obviously georgia and i being in game six the year before we lost against uh, Regina, um, and they were taking the picture in center ice, and uh, you know in Lethbridge. So you know, being able to be the other team that does that, and also just at being in Lethbridge was, you know, uh, such a such an exciting moment, and uh, it kind of puts the cherry on top that it was in Lethbridge. So in the final, a tough two-one loss in game one against Everett, and then you're down three nothing in game two. Was there? A, how difficult was it not to kind of get down on yourselves uh, after that three uh, nothing lead Everett had in game two? Was it easy to just stay focused and knowing that your team had the ability to come back and win? Absolutely. Um, I mean, after that first period, we're down uh, yeah two or three nothing uh, pretty quick there, and I remember thinking like, oh, like we cannot lose game two. Um, you know, that's, it's so, it's very tough, obviously coming back from, you know, being down to nothing in a series. And, um, but I remember all the confidence that the guys had that gave me confidence, you know, all the guys were 
saying, you know, we got this, you know, God was being captain. He was saying that, you know, he's not worried about anything. Like we got this, like we know we can score against these guys. We've scored how many goals against how many teams this year. Um, you know, we have such great players and kind of gave me confidence going into the second period too of like, you know what, if I, if I backstop for the rest of the game and there's no more going in, then we have a really good chance of winning this thing. And, and uh, you know, our team just, you know, we brought it after that because, Obviously, playing against Lethbridge too, um, they were such a tough, tough team to play against because you know they would they kicked their butt hitting wise and like they they won a few games that was you know huge for them and they just took us right out of the game and we remember that and I think that gave us a lot of experience to play against Everett because it was um, you know it's it's mentally uh, tough too because you know you're gonna get down down a couple games you're gonna get down a couple goals and what matters is kind of what where you, what you do from there. And uh, we remember that from Lethbridge and how tough that was. And so we knew what to do when we were, you know, in a tough position. We felt like we were, we had our backs against the wall. We knew, we knew what we needed to do. So it was, uh, it was a fun series. In that series, uh, 200 feet from you at the other end of the ice was Carter Hart. And I know going into that, the media was really playing up the goaltending duel between yourself and Carter. Uh, did, did that enter your mind at all during that, uh, that series? Yeah, at the beginning, absolutely. Before the series started, um, I remember in Lethbridge, we were actually, right after we won, we were watching a game of Tri-City and Everett, and we saw Everett win. And um, right when they right when they scored, I got, uh, like, a lot of nerves kind of going, shooting through my mind and then my body, just saying, like, oh, we're about to play, you know, the best goalie in the WHL. We're about to play, you know, the guy who's, you know, Carter Hart. <laughs> so, um yeah, kind of before the series, I was thinking about that and thinking about, um, you know, how big, uh, how, well, actually, I was thinking about how nervous I was. And then I was also thinking about how exciting it is to being able to play against such a great goalie and uh, kind of see how, uh, kind of what he does on the other end and how he plays. So um, when we were playing, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to see him on the other side and see him make some unbelievable saves. And, um, you know, it's it was obviously tough for, for our team to get to get a lot past them, um, you know, as previous games, just like how we were standing against Oil Kings, we scored nine, but you know it's hard to get nine past Carter. So we, uh, you know, they were very close games and very uh, nail biting games. I think a lot of the games were one nothing, two one, three two. You know, just super super close games. So that was a battle of a series, and um, you know, I'm happy that we got on top, but. Um, you know, he, he did fantastic doing his part, Carter. I think every goalie who's ever played hockey has dreamed of putting up a shutout in a championship clinching scenario. You got to live that with that 3 nothing win in Game 6. And maybe aside from that moment where you hoisted the trophy, what do you remember most about that Game 6? About Game 6, I uh, yeah, the most I remember about that game is uh, knowing that that last 15 seconds was the longest 15 seconds of my entire life. <laughs> I was, uh, we just scored. Uh, I think uh, they pulled their goalie for an extra, sh- uh, an extra shooter. And um, I forget who scored it, but somebody scored the empty net. And uh, I just remember it being 15 seconds and it's still being three, nothing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how long can this 15 seconds be? I felt like the play was going on for 30 seconds or a minute. And I looked back on the clock and it was 12 seconds left. And I was like, come on, like, I want to take these gloves off and um, celebrate this. So, um, yeah, besides that, I remember just making a few, uh, a few saves, one breakaway save in the second period I made. And, um, yeah, I just, I felt good that game. It was, uh, it was a good game and it was an exciting game and also a very nerve wracking game. <laughs> I remember that whole, that whole time, that whole game, I, I pretty well had butterflies uh, in my stomach that whole game, but, um, you know, being able to have those emotions and still being able to, um, you know, fight through that and feel good and focus, um, you know, it's very, uh, it's, it's good for my experience of what I have to go through now and also the pressures that come about things. And yeah, being able to throw those gloves and jump on decisions and uh, Sav and God and Steiner and all, all my buddies and, um, you know, just all the guys, we had such a good group of guys. And I just remember that celebration was so much fun and you know, I uh, I love every single one of those guys, and uh, I forever will. 
You know, you you guys, you took two games in Everett. Uh, was there a confidence coming back in Swift Current for that game number six before the game? Um, not a lot, to be honest. I remember, uh, well, actually, like, playing in Everett, we won two games in Everett, which was absolutely huge for us. And then we lost that last one. But we were flying back, and we were just kind of relaxed, to be honest. We were flying back, and we were playing cards and just having fun and laughing and not really, um, you know, thinking that, you know, this is, this is crazy and just kind of getting all the emotional part of it. I think we were just like, as a team, just hanging out with each other, like how we would do any other day, just like how we would. And, um, you know, in regular season, we were kind of just hanging out with each other, having fun, having laughs, um, going out to Dairy King, having some ice cream, you know, just having a good time. And, uh, not, not a lot from Manny. I think Manny just had a lot of confidence in us and, you know, he was like, guys, like, you know, like we, you know, you're, you're going to lose some games, you're going to win some games, but we're confident in what we, what we got. And, you know, we're just going to stick to the game plan and, and uh, be who we are. And, uh, you know, we did that and we were able to come off with the win. You know, and, and you're the first player that I've asked this to, or, or that we've asked this about, but, uh, you know, when the Western Hockey League has its league finals, then it puts both teams on the same plane when they're flying back and forth in that league final. You know, what, what was that plane ride like with the opposition in the other section of the plane? Yeah, at first it's a little um, awkward just because you kind of, they're, they're, they're behind you or in front of you. So, um, in our instance, we were kind of going on the plane first cause we were in the front going over to Everett and then they were behind us. And, uh, so we, we saw all of them like walk by and like Carter and I saw each other. Cause obviously we're both from, uh, from Sherwood Park in Edmonton. So, um, you know, we said hi, and, uh, you know, kind of chit chatted a little bit, but, Besides that, it was pretty like serious walk-bys. But after everybody sat down, you you heard them laughing, we were laughing, and we were just kind of having a good time. So it's not as awkward as you would probably think. But it was uh, at the beginning, it's kind of like oh, it's kind of weird. Like both teams are on the same flight, we're like right beside each other, and it's kind of like you know you're you're gonna fight them against on the ice tomorrow or in two days, but. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was fun. And uh, that's also an, another experience that I'll, I won't forget. I know the Memorial Cup didn't end up going the way the team was hoping, but uh, how did those games maybe stack up to some other big ones that you've played in uh, in your career? Yeah, I think those were huge games because, you know, obviously you just won a championship of the WHL, but now you're wanting to win the, the championship, you know, the Memorial Cup of all leagues. So, um, very nerve wracking times and a uh, very different experience going into uh, Regina, not for playoffs, but for the Memorial Cup. So it was, um, you know, it was definitely a different experience. You go to the rink and then there's four other teams there that are obviously fighting for the same position. So um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty cool and uh, definitely a different experience um, than you would think from playoffs and everything just because of how everything was ran. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was great hockey. Um, obviously, the games there were very nerve-wracking, and the teams there were obviously fantastic. They're all champions as well. So um, we had a lot of fun, and being able to play against those guys, being able to play against Quebec, Ontario, and then obviously Regina, it was, um, yeah, it was it was tough hockey, but it was it was fun hockey. So you guys win the WHL championship on May 13th of that year. And then it looks like the next day it's announced that you've signed your, your contract with the Edmonton Oilers. That must've been, you know, 48 of the best hours of your life. Absolutely. I remember, uh, once I signed it, uh, the next day I had a game. So I kind of, I signed the contract and then I was like, Oh, it's super cool. I signed, but then I was like, now it's time to get back to work. Cause I got a game to play tomorrow and I want to win a championship. So, um, once I signed it, got to win the championship. And then after we won the championship, I kind of sat down and thought about it. And I was like, this has literally been the best two days of my entire life. I signed an NHL contract. And now I'm, you know, I just won the WHL championship. So um, definitely the best two days uh, of my junior career. Um, very, very incredible, uh, incredible times being able to lift the cup. And also uh, to sign a piece of paper with the pen saying that I was with them to know this. 
Yeah, and you know, with that, you uh, you started your pro career the very next year. You know, you managed to go pro at twenty, which is uh, it's tough for any position, especially that of a goalie. You know, uh, what do you remember about that first year playing pro? Yeah, I remember the start I had. I, I remember having a good start. Um, the first four games, I think I uh, I played pretty well. I got called up to Bakersfield. Um, obviously, first I was down in the ECHL. Forgot to mention that, <laughs> and then got called up. Got called up to Bakersfield, and um, it was a super cool experience just to uh, kind of get my feet uh, a little bit wet with the AHL because um, that's obviously where I wanted to be um, as a first year. Uh, but as a goalie, you know, normally you start in the ECHL, you work your way up, work your way up, work your way up. Um, you know, usually your prime isn't until you're about 23, 24, 25. So um, it takes a while for a goalie. Um, and in my case, it's you know, still, still a huge process in front of me. So after my first year, uh, got to play a lot of hockey, which was great for me. Got to kind of see what pro hockey was kind of all about, how you needed to prepare, how you needed to practice and, uh, where your mind needs to be at. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, there's games and some weeks and some months that were, that were pretty tough and a uh, big struggle, but it was, um, you know, it was a struggle that needed, a needed to happen to me so that I could learn and grow and, uh, and get to where I am now. And, uh, also what I remember from that first year is that playoff run with Bakersfield. We went to the second round and I was actually able to play the last, uh, last two games, um, with, uh, as playoffs and, um, you know, kind of getting that, you know, I was kind of the third goalie walking up in there and then I was able to get the starting job in, uh, in the playoffs and just in the last two games. So, wouldn't really say much of a starting job, but it was, uh, you know, I got to play two important games. And I think that was also a lot of experience that, you know, was very good for me of saying, um, you know, this is what professional hockey looks like in playoffs. And uh, it was tough hockey and it was good hockey and it was fast hockey. And I loved every second of it. And, uh, you know, you, you start to learn, learn a lot about yourself of how you lose and how you win. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it, it was a, it was a great first year that gave me a lot of uh, a lot of growth and a lot of learning. Wichita, Kansas, isn't the first place that comes to mind when I think of hockey hotbeds in the United States. So, what's uh, what's the day to day like in in Wichita? Yeah, it's actually not bad. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty flat land, obviously. So um, it's it is pretty cool though. Um, we uh, we were, we actually got to live all beside the players. Because in the ECHL they pay for your housing, so they they make you all super close by each other. So um, Wichita is actually where I found uh, my three closest friends: um, uh, Keone Tech, Texera, Jacob Stuckel, and Dylan Wells. And we were, um, you know, we were the four guys who kind of lived with each other, and we had a ton of fun. We uh, I remember so much laughs. We would go to uh, to a gym and we'd go into the pool, shoot some hoops, you know. Um, just kind of anything. So we, uh, it, it was actually a lot of fun being in, uh, in Wichita and, um, you know, we, we had a good time. We, we made it, uh, we made it a lot of fun. Uh, obviously the goal for you would be to make the big club and, uh, get a regular job with the Edmonton Oilers. But, uh, but in the meantime, I can't imagine Bakersfield, California is, uh, is a bad place to, to have things go eh? Oh no, not at all. California is California. So, um, I was driving up to Bakersfield and, you know, you drive through LA and you just kind of see all the palm trees and you're just like, this is crazy that I'm playing hockey, uh, where it's the sun is out year round and you're outside in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and you kind of, you kind of realize, you know, when you're, when you're in Edmonton or you're in Swift Current or anywhere kind of cold, well, just Canada, Alberta, <laughs> you're, um, and then you go somewhere hot and you see guys and wearing sweatshirts and you're like, man, this guy's crazy. Like you should be wearing a t-shirt. It's so hot. <laughs> but I, 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 I understand now. I understand now why he is wearing a sweater because you do get used to the climate. And, you know, there's some days where I was wearing a sweater and, um, my fiance's sister would come down and she'd be like, why are you wearing a sweater? Like it's so hot out, but I was cold. <laughs> so I totally understand that point now. I know you're still waiting to get that first NHL game under your belt, but you did get recalled uh, briefly this past season. Uh, what was that kind of a 24, 48 hours like? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, you know, I, I got to fly down to uh, to LA, then to Vancouver. 
And it took a really long time with traffic in Vancouver because you kind of got there right in a rush hour. So I was trying to get to the hotel. I had about 45 minutes to eat and then uh, about 15 minutes to get dressed into my suit and down to the bus for the game. So didn't really have, um, you know, the, the day of, uh, you know, a full day um, with a game day. Like I didn't have time to nap or anything like that, but, you know, still it was the most exciting day of my life. Obviously it's a dream come true to get called up. And when I heard the news, I was pretty shocked and pretty, uh, just yeah, it was just such an incredible moment being able to hear the hear the words come out of you know Jay Whitcroft. You brought me into the office and said you know you got called up to the NHL. It's those are the words you've been wanting to hear for your whole life since you were a little kid. So um, yeah, that was that was one of the best moments of my life being able to you know hear that Edmonton called me up. And then once I got there, got to the rink, got into Vancouver. Uh, you know, it was just it was such a great experience to to be there, be in the rink, play some sewer ball with the guys, do my, uh, you know, routine and kind of see how, what the other guys do for their routines and how they act and, you know, the type of people that they are. So it was a, it was a pretty cool 48 hours. Got to hang out with a few of the guys. Um, I remember going on the, the plane ride back to Edmonton after Vancouver's game and I was sitting with Jujar and we had a great talk and, uh, you know, Jujar is such a great guy and we had a lot of fun and, um, yeah, I just remember, uh, you know, it was just such a, such a cool moment. I remember getting sushi on the plane and sushi's one of my favorite foods. So, you know, I, I was a pretty happy guy. <laughs> some plane ride sushi. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, all of us here in Swift Current, uh, you got some lifelong fans in Swifty and, uh, you know, we'll certainly eagerly, uh, keep following you and wait for that, uh, that next call up to the big team. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit with you here, um, a guy who was on this podcast, uh, it would have been about two months ago today, actually, was uh, was Colby Cave. And when we were talking to Caver, he had mentioned that just that morning he was at the rink warming up with you and everything. And, I mean, obviously his his family going through an unspeakable tragedy with his passing. And, you know, what, what can you say about uh, a guy who was your teammate in Bakersfield and Colby Cave? Yeah, Colby. He's, uh, I actually, I, I met him first at Edmonton Oilers camp and, I remember it was just him and I on the ice. Him, uh, it was Colby, uh, Archibald, and myself, and there, there was just them two, and they were shooting on me. And I remember that was the first time I ever talked with Colby. And Colby, you just look at him, and he's got a huge smile on his face, lights up the whole building, such a positivity, and just is such a wonderful human being. And um, you know, he would talk to me and tell me, uh, you know, great things. He got, you got to know me. Um, you know, when he didn't really have to, because, you know, he was thinking of playing in the NHL and I was thinking, you know, maybe East Coast, like I didn't really know. And then we got to be able to play on the same team uh, for, for a good amount of this year in Bakersfield. And every time I saw him, he'd just have a huge smile on his face. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, and he was, uh, yeah, he, he will be very, very missed uh, forever. And my uh, condolences goes out to his family and to Emily. It's, one of the uh, obviously the hardest news to ever hear in your life of somebody passing away and especially so suddenly um so yeah i uh, i love him and uh you know he was a brother to me uh a big thing that i remember for him uh from him is that when i got sent down he was one of the guys who came up to me and said you know what you got this you're good um you're gonna be back here soon like he was always that guy to go up to anybody to tell them you know, to encourage them. He's such an encouraging, positive person. And, um, you know, he was, uh, I'm very lucky that I was able to meet him and I'm, I'm very honored, uh, that I got to become his friend. Well, Stu, I, I think originally when we reached out to you via text this morning, I said, can we have 20 minutes of your time? And we're into uh, minute 51 here, I think. So uh, it was awesome of you to join us, man. And, uh, you know, one thing I always remember about you is you were never a cliche interview guy. You always gave great answers, and you just did that again for us today as well. So, uh, so thanks so much for joining us today, man. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. Best of luck, and hope to see you on the ice again soon. Take care, Stu. You guys take care, too. Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. 
Putting the wraps on another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Uh, a big thank you to Tyson Uremko, Nolan Stevenson, and future guest Stuart Skinner for being part of the podcast festivities this week. Pretty full podcast this week. Uh, like you said, big thanks to uh, Stuart Skinner, uh, an interview that went almost three times as long as we told him it would, but uh, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was a good soldier throughout the whole thing, and uh, hopefully he enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also, uh, we got to mention season tickets. The early bird deadline is May the 15th. Uh, obviously, we're still not at the stage where people can head on down to the stable and pick up their season tickets, but you can certainly do so via phone. Uh, you can call 306-773-1509 during business hours. And uh, capable and friendly operators are standing by. And uh, also, you can get more info on season tickets by visiting our website at scbroncos.com. Once again, a huge thank you to Nolan Stevenson, Tyson Uremko, and feature guest Stuart Skinner joining us from his uh, his off-season home in Red Deer, Alberta. That's where Stewie was talking to us from today. So that wraps up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.